Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. You guys having fun? Man, this series is good, ain't it? Sunday, did Sunday help you? Man, what you, stop talking, Siri. This thing's over here trying to say good night. No, don't say no good night. This thing goofy. When you want it to work, it don't work. And then you want, want her to pay attention, she's talk, talking to you like she's, like I'm talking to her. I told her to be quiet the one day. You got that, Siri? No, see, then you start talking to her, she'll just keep talking back. I don't want to hear her. Right? <laughs> Praise be, I got enough women in my life. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. <laughs> that was funny. You should have laughed. You missed it? I said, that thing, that Siri's talking to me. You know that thing on the phone? Yeah, it talks to you all the time if you need to be careful. I said, I got enough women talking to me. I don't need any more. Yeah, I'm trying to stay away from all of them. They can find you, though. I'll find you. Try to tell you what you need to fix. Yeah, yeah. this one I can shut off. Praise be to the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Come on. You guys ain't, you guys ain't laughing tonight. Better start laughing. Start having fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get out because ain't nobody here to tell on me. You guys get in trouble. You know what I mean? Praise be to God. Somebody will snitch, though. She'll know, she'll know by the time I get home. You watch this, she'll be like, I watched you online. I was like, oh, here we go. Praise <laughs> be to God. I don't care. I stay in trouble. You know what? Because you could always get out. I tell you, I told her that one time. I said, Jesus forgave me. You should too. That went over big. Praise be to God. Yeah, that went over real big. Jesus already forgave me. You should too. Nah, <laughs> And I don't want to hear that. Chris, learn from my pain, all right? Just do what I tell you to do, okay? Don't, don't follow. Listen, you know how they say, do as, do as I do, just do as I say. Forget all that, bro. Just do what I tell you to do. Don't do what I did. Because if you do what I did, you're going to get in trouble. Do what I tell you to do now. Why? Because pain is a great school teacher, amen? 2 Corinthians 5.21, we're having fun, amen? Our standing with God, write these down, these are going to be powerful, and Sunday, I got note sheets for you, so come ready. Bring a pen. There's pens in the seat. Come ready Sunday to receive that thing, man. I think it's good. Our standing with God is on the ground of faith in Jesus Christ. Our standing with God is on the ground of faith in Jesus Christ. In other words, God laid upon Jesus our iniquities. That's what I was talking about Sunday. Okay, does that make sense? He laid your sin upon him so you don't have to pay the price for it. And that's what I wanted to get you to see. Him who knew no sin, God made to be sin on our behalf. Do you see that? You see that? And Sunday, what I was trying to get you to see, and I know you did, was that Jesus lived the perfect life so you can receive the righteousness from God based upon what he did through faith. Somebody had to be the sacrifice, okay? Because somebody had to pay the legal debt of sin. Someone had to pay the price for sin, and sometimes I think we got to understand, like, well, well, Jesus, Jesus has died. Yeah, but Jesus died as a lawbreaker for the, you, the lawbreaker that broke the law. Okay? That's why he had to be perfect because he was the eternal sacrifice for your life. The ransom was paid because of what he did for you. Very important. Get this. Why did he die the death of a lawbreaker? Because when Adam committed sin, he what? invoked the law-breaking penalty of sin upon man because man broke the law. The law and the commandments were broken because of what Adam did. Okay, you got that? So Jesus had to be perfect 
to pay the price and then pay the penalty of death for the resurrecting side of Christ to take effect in your life. So he was the spotless, the sinless, the perfect sacrifice, see it, in action, so we by faith can receive the benefit of everything he did. And we receive it by faith, not by works. So what I tried to get you to see Sunday was this, and it's really important you see this. He did everything but works, so you can receive everything through faith. Did you get that? Now that's, that's, that's rich right there. Most people, most people ain't walking in that. Now you got really gonna pound this, I'm gonna pound this home because I want you to get, you understand what I'm saying? Jesus was perfect. Okay, why? Because he had to become the sacrifice. You understand this? Why has he got to be born of a virgin? Think, just think, you're thinking, you're doing great, guys. Just hear me. Why has he got to be born of a virgin? See what I'm saying? Just think about it. Just sit here, think about it. Sit in your head. Why has he got to be born of a virgin? Why has he got to be perfect? Because he cannot touch sin at all. So he's born of a virgin through the bloodline of God with no interaction. You see it? Don't make no sense. Joseph's looking at Mary like, what am I going to do with her? How she? Yeah, she pregnant and she ain't got no man. The Holy Ghost made her pregnant. Come on, man. But why? Because Jesus, why, we, why did he not disobey the earth? Got to be perfect. Got to stay perfect. Can't disobey. Why? I got to be the substitutional sacrifice for their sin. You see this? Now you got to really hear this. I'm going to stay here for a minute. You don't talk, people don't talk like this a lot. Like, what do you mean he was perfect? He worked perfectness. See what I'm saying? You understand that? You know what I mean? You know what I mean when I say that? Like, he, he, worked, he worked out. He, I, I didn't sin. Come on. Let me tell you, and these, these morons in Hollywood, these idiots, try to, like, label Jesus. Well, Jesus had temptation. Now, let me tell you something right here now. I'm going to say something here. You might not agree with it, but I don't care. It's true. He didn't sin in thought. He didn't sin in word. He didn't sin in action. He never touched sin in a moment of his life. He didn't even, con he contemplated what? In the garden, the agony of the cup before him. But he never touched the sin of disobedience in a moment in his life. That's why Jesus said through one man's disobedience, sin in order, but through another man's obedience, life and peace in Christ came in the earth. So he's perfect in what? Perfection based upon action. So his actions made him perfection. And your perfection has been separated from your action because his actions were perfect. He's your substitute. Ooh, you seeing it? See what I'm saying? So he, we ain't going in on perfection. We're going in on faith because he was the substitute. Because he was perfect, I don't have to be. You see it? Because he was perfect, I don't have to be. I got it by faith. And I got what by faith? I got righteousness made by faith because of what he did, not because of what I did. This makes you love Jesus even more because you see how good he was. Like, he's like, I don't want to drink the cup, but I got to drink the cup for you. I don't want to do this, but I got to do it for you. Praise be to God, he did it for you. See that? He made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. He didn't know no sin. Me and you were born in sin, and we partake of what? Righteousness by faith, not by words. Why did I say that? So why are you looking at your works? See, now once you look at your works, you're looking at your justification. Your justification can't get you nothing. So don't work for it. Stay away from the work side of it because the work side of it produces what? Nothing. You see that? That's good stuff right there. Pull that in and get it because look what he says here. Jesus was more than a sin offering. He was actually made sin for our sins. 
He was made unrighteous with our unrighteousness as our sin substitute. That's what he was, right? Bearing our sins and bearing us. He went to the place of suffering after he left his body. He stayed there until every claim of justice against us had been satisfied. Man, that is so good. He was our substitute. You know what that means? He took your place. Being made sin with our sin, he went to prison to which sinners were sentenced and suffered until everything against us had been met. You understand know that? That's all, he, went into, he went into hell. And they said, well, he said, I paid the price for everything. Death, hell, and the grave. My God paid the price for me and you for everything so we don't have to pay the price for it. Glory to God. Look at this. Look at this. It was deity suffering for humanity and being deity, he could pay the penalty. My God in heaven. Look at this right here. You want to see something good? When the supreme, look at this. Let's look at Romans chapter 4. You know we've been there, right? We've been living in Romans chapter 4. I think you should read all the Romans and all, all the Hebrews just to be straight. I think it's important because Romans 4 and 24, we're going to look, we'll start there, right? Let me just show you this here. You want to see it? We can maybe look at it. Let's read it in the King James and we'll look at it in Amplified so this way you can get it. Romans 4 and 24. Amen? So, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. See that right there? Okay. Let's look at it in there. You, you want, yeah, if you could put it in the Amplified. Let's just pop it in the Amplified. Romans 4, 24. Praise be to God. But for our sake also, to whom righteousness will be credited as those who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. Look at verse 25. Who was betrayed and crucified because of our sins. See that right there? And was what? Let me ask you a question. If he was betrayed, if he, come on, man. If he was what? If he was, look, look, look at this, go slow. He was betrayed and crucified because of our sins and was raised from the dead because of our, our, because, because of our justification, our acquittal, absolving us from everything, all the sin before God. Let me ask you a question. If he paid the price for your betrayal and he was crucified for you, then why let me ask you a question. How in the world can you pay the penalty for something he paid the price for? You can't. That's where the devil tries to deceive everybody. You understand that? Well, you ain't worthy enough. What do you mean you ain't worthy enough? He made you worthy. You see what I'm saying? You see how it gets in there? It slips in through this religion thing, and that religion makes you think like, well, you know, you don't get that. Well, what do you mean I don't get that? If he put it on him, why in the world do I got to pay for it? And now watch this. This is why you got to renew your mind. This is why we don't understand how glorious this gospel is because this gospel is so good that if you're not careful, you'll miss the simplicity of it. This is what he's saying. He's saying, I took the penalty on me so you don't have to take the penalty on you. So when the enemy tries to come and say, well, you got this, like, I can't get that. that ain't, I, he paid the ticket. If he paid the ticket, I ain't paying the ticket. You, you don't have to. Now, but wait a minute, though. You say, well, then what, why am I experiencing what I'm experiencing? Because sometimes we don't have a revelation of who we are in Christ. And we don't have, you, you don't, when you get revelation like this, what happens is it produces a boldness in your faith where you're like, no, no, you know what I found out? He paid for it. I ain't paying for it. He took it. I ain't taking this. He went through it so I don't have to go through it. You can forget it. I'm not doing it. So when you go over here, he was crucified for your sin. Well, let me ask you a question. He got rid of sin once and for all. Yes, he did. And he forgave you yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, he did. Look, I'm going to tell you right here now, you're going to get a little, some of you are going to get a little religiously mad at me, but I don't really care. Get over it. Look, sin's done. 
I'm telling you right now. Now, you might say, well, Pastor Chris, you think once saved, always saved? I'm going to explain something to you right here now. I think it's a whole lot harder to go to hell than you think it is. Now, once you're saved, you know what I'm saying? Listen, I'm not, you understand what I'm saying. I know, oh, I know First John says, oh, the sin. I, well, I don't see people walking off the edge of the earth not serving God, but understand where I'm coming from when I say this, okay? I don't know. I tell you right here now, if you sin and you only sin in one area, it's faith. The only sin, I'm convinced it is. I told you this stuff, but you got to learn this. It's good you hear it again. The only sin the New Testament believer commits is the sin of unbelief. That's it. That's it. That's it. You married righteous. Let me ask you a question. If you sitting there whacked out of your head, yelling and screaming, acting like a fool, are you still righteous? Yeah, you righteous. You don't change righteous. You've been, ba- you've been made righteous, man. You see what I'm saying? So how are you going to undo it? Religion wants to say, well, you can undo it. You can't undo it. You can live, you can live without it. And you can have faith for it. And you, don't, you can live beneath it. But I got news for you. You've been made it. You know what I'm saying? Are you getting this? You seeing this? You're righteous right now. Once you catch up to your righteousness, sin won't have no grip on you no more. Somebody said this to me the other day. He said, well, you know, there's some things in the Bible. It was really good. Somebody asked me a question. I said, the Bible don't say nothing about it. You know, there's some things the Bible don't talk about. Does that make sense? I said, the Bible, you, you read the thing cover to cover. It don't say nothing about it. So why are you going to try to go out there? So I said something to somebody to ask me a question about, you know, being messed up. I said, here's the key. You could always find a way to answer something, even if you don't find it. But here's the thing. Why would you empower your flesh to have dominion over you when your flesh has been subdued and crucified? Don't feed it. Don't feed it what it don't need to be doing. You know what I'm saying? Look, somebody's like, well, you know, I don't know. What, what about this? No, you don't need to be playing around with stuff you don't need to be playing around. Why would you say? He said, don't use your members as unrighteousness, but use them as righteousness, glorifying God. You understand what I'm saying? So when you got to struggle, what do you do? Walk in your righteousness and subdue the place of the flesh. You seeing this? Because I'm going to tell you what, sin has a penalty. You want to know what it is? Consciousness in God. You never heard that one like that. Somebody said, well, sin's got a penalty. What is it? Not if Jesus took care of the penalty. Oh, man, you're going to hear something here, Right? Listen to this. This is so good. Sin's penalty has been paid for. So what is sin going to do to the New Testament believer? Jack can't do nothing. Can't. He paid for it. It does one thing. Robs your confidence. (laughs) Write that down. Is that a word? Yeah, I made it up. (laughs) Takes away your confidence. You know, your God confidence is messed up. You start sinning, you don't go in there as bold as no lion. You go in there like a little cat, meow. Supposed to roar like a lion. You know, you won't tell the devil. Let me tell you about the devil. The devil needs to be manhandled. Brother Brother what do you do with the devil? He scared me. Some brother Norval. Just ask him goofy questions just to get him going. I got Will messed up that one time. I told you what I did with Will. We were swimming in the pool. My God, we look like God Almighty, man. We look weird. Me and, me and Will walking with those pool noodles, and he walking around with a robe, looked like Hefner, and he's, I was like, Jesus. I walked through the lobby of the hotel. I was like, Jesus, I'm praying in tongues. Like, everybody see me walking around with these pool noodles? I'm serious. I got to walk around with pool noodles. How goofy I look. He got a robe on and flip-flops walking through the hotel. Here's Will and me walking around with noodles. 
I wouldn't do this for another man on the face of the earth, bro. I walk in Jerry, I look like an idiot. I got two pool noodles under my arm like this, like, okay, brother Norval, wherever you want to go. He's like, I, 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 I want to go, I want to go in the, I want to go in the shallow end. I want to go, I want to, I want to go over there. Bring, 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 bring the horse, the sawhorse. We call him seahorses. He's just sitting on a noodle. I was like, oh my God, this is getting worse. He get all quiet. He swim in the pool. You know what I'm saying, Ron, how he used to do it? He did like this. Yeah, you don't even know he's swimming, bro. He's floating. I'm like, I'm just waiting for him to land. He landed on the edge. I'm like, Brother Norval, Will doesn't know how to cast out devils. I swear to lot. I swear to Lord, man. I threw a lot. Will was like, why, why you got to bring me up? He's like, he looks over. He's calling. He's like, take authority over him. Take authority over him. Take authority over him. Everybody in the pool was like freaking out like the noodle guy's going off the edge, man. I was like, I was like, Ron, I went to go into the water like, oh, go, bro. I was like, he's going off now. Take authority over them devils, amen. You think you want to take authority over a devil? Come on. And we got African devils, you know what I'm saying? Come on, Lagos kind of devils. She's from Nigeria. She knows about something about the devil. I'm serious, man. You overseas, you know something about the devil. Go to Haiti and stuff. Man, Haiti got real devils. You got little silly devils in America. Ain't got no power. You go overseas, bro. Man. I said, Brother Norval, what happened? He said, dude, he said, oh, my God. Remember Dean Crowell told that story? The dude turned into a bird. Dude, I'm going to scare everybody. Don't, don't get scared. Oh, Jesus, I'm going to have to clean this up. He said, the dude was walking and turned into a bird and flew away. I said, bro, I would have punched him in the face. Swear to God with the Holy Ghost. Man, what you mean turn into a bird and flew away? Demonic. You ain't seen real devils till you've been overseas. You go overseas, you see real devils. That's why I got to have a breakthrough anointing you go overseas. I was like, I want to go on a mission trip. I was like, man, I ain't going on no mission trip unless I'm packing. Packing the Holy Ghost, bro. I woke up in the middle of India. Nobody knew where I was, bro. That place was pitch dark. I'm laying in the bed. I said, I'm a long way from Lodi, baby. Woo! I was gone. I woke up looking at the ceiling. I was like, I could fall. This is the exact thought I had. I said, like, I could fall off the face of the earth right now, and there's not a person in the world be able to find me because I don't even know where I am. And went to bed. <laughs> and woke up in the morning looking for a fight. Yeah, you got to go have something. You start playing with sin. You think the devil, you think the devil, you know what I'm saying? You think, listen to me, you know what I'm saying. I said that cube, you know. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? God's like, oh, you think you're going to just like, you're going to you live one foot in, one foot out, and then you're going to tell the devil what to do. He's like, bro, you, you were partying with me all night last night. Now you're trying to kick me out in the morning. You can forget it, bro. He ain't listening to that mess. That's why you got to be walking in righteousness. That's why you got to be shutting it down. And you shut it down. Godfidence. You keep your Godfidence up when you don't touch none of this mess. When you don't give no area to the flesh. You don't give no area to your flesh. You don't give no area to your flesh. Why? You got dominion over your flesh. You tell your flesh what's up. Come on, you're gonna get strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You gotta take authority. But you ain't got no God. That's why I said, come boldly to the throne of grace in your time of need. You ain't going boldly, no throne of grace in no time of need if you don't feel righteous. And that's why sin messes it up. Because you think and here's why. Because you know when you're not in the right spot with the Lord. You know what I mean? Because you're just messing it up. And you know you are, and you're choosing to do it. So stop it. Just stop it. And then you get your confidence back. Everybody say confidence. That's good, ain't it? You can write that. You can use it. Tell them I told you. Say, where'd you get that from? Where'd you get confidence on? Pastor Chris said it. 
I made it up. It's a good word. It ro- that's what sin does. Sin robs, write this down for all my note takers. Sin robs your confidence, your God consciousness. You know what I'm saying? You ain't God conscious if you're sinning. You get come worldly. He said, He that minds the things of the flesh is carnal. You see what I'm saying? You understand that? Carnal minded people ain't caught up with the things of God. They don't care about the things of God. You know that? You remember reading that? You want to see it? Yeah. This is what happens with people. Okay? Because you, you got to understand this stuff sometimes. What happens is this people don't realize this. Look, look, go over here. Can, you, can I take you over here? Go to Romans chapter 8. Go to Romans chapter 8. We're going to look at this. Watch. I, I could, if we start with Romans 8 and 1, let's just roll Romans 8 and 1. There is therefore now, that part, there is therefore now, no, now watch this, no condemnation, see that? To them which are in Christ Jesus who walk after the flesh, but not after, who walk not after the flesh, but, come on, you see it? There ain't no condemnation. What's that mean? There ain't no judgment on these people. The judgment's been gone, but condemnation is almost coming on you if you're not careful because you're walking after the things of the flesh and not the things of the spirit. For Look what he says here. He said, the law of the spirit of life in Christ set me free from the law of sin and death. Keep going. Keep going. Watch this here. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ, Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So he said, the law, law in Christ, see that? The law in Christ set me free from what? You see it? The law of sin and death. So there's two laws. Y'all know this. The blessings on one side, curses in the other. You understand all this. Okay? Now, you know this stuff. You guys have been here before. Keep going. Watch verse 3. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son. See, doesn't this make sense? All right, see it? See it? All right, watch. That what? That in it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Whose flesh did he condemn sin in? His. See it? That's where he ripped out, he ripped that whole middle wall down and took it in his body. That's why you can enter into his body. See, you had to get out of your body and get in his body to become sinless. You need to go back and listen to Sunday. Sunday was off the wall. Yeah, I was off the wall Sunday, man. You go back, there's so much revelation in there. There's so much revelation in there that you literally, you just listen to that thing like 40 times, you'd be different. I'm serious. Man. What, you, this is why you got to get born again. You got to get in his body because you can't get it in your body. You see what I'm saying? Because how did he get righteousness? He got it on his body. Your body was jacked up, but your body got in his body when you got born again. You were resurrected with him. This is why you got to stay in him. Don't come out. People trying to come out, stay in him. Let those in him realities hit you. Be like, ain't no sickness in me. Can't be no, if I ain't no sick in God, ain't no sick in me. Ain't no broke. Ain't no broke neither. Ain't no broke. Ain't no broken God. Ain't nothing broke in heaven. Got gold streets and diamonds in the wall. You over there worried about three cents at the grocery store. Cut it out. Be serious. I'm not saying you got to be a squanderer, but come on, man. Your daddy got gold streets for crying out loud. Somebody asked me, you think them gold streets are really gold? Yeah, they're gold. Ain't that cheap stuff neither. It's 24 carat, the best of the best. Got gold doorknob series going on for crying out loud. Stop messing my pad up, right? You understand what I'm saying? Got doorknobs made of pearls and stuff like that. I mean, you're going to go to heaven. Heaven's going to be lavish. You're going to see best carpentry you ever seen in your life, man. We've got ivory gates and pearly this and gold that and diamond that. You're getting all caught up with people like over here. Oh, my God, you see that? God was like, God, look at that. God was like, man, God's using this stuff for pavement, asphalt. You're over there worried about it. Chill out. Catch the revelation. You don't care about none of that stuff. Money ain't got God caught up. God ain't caught up with money. 
The urge caught up with man because it's messed up. But you, you, you prosper. Like, I'm supposed to prosper. I told you it's a prosperity gospel. Whoever said it ain't a prosperity gospel ain't got their head screwed on straight. Did he just say that? I say it twice. I'll say it again. Last week I was ornery on Wednesday. They had to redo the tape, I think. I don't know. I made, I made half of America offended in one Sunday, one sermon. <laughs> I got all the false religion people mad. I got everybody else mad. All the broke people mad. That's why I got security. You know, there's security in here. You know why? To keep them from trying to get me. So they can't take me out. I just say what I want to say. It's like the mob around here. You can't, <laughs> you can't get rid of me. I'm already dead, came back from that. Praise be to the Lord. Come on, read this stuff, will you? No, are you getting this? You see it? In the law, I'm being serious. I'm medicating you so you can receive this stuff. You're in his body. You ain't in you no more. That's why I said, what does light have to do with darkness? What does Christ have to do with the devil? That's why you the body. Hello, are you the body of? You the what? You the body of Christ? He's the, you the, you're one? He who's been joined to the Lord is one spirit. You ain't, you, ain't, you ain't in Jerry no more. Come on, man. That's why that, that stupid ancestry dumb thing, swab your mouth and find out where you came from, that thing's dumb. So dumb. Now go do it. I'm from Italy. Praise God. All right, so I'm in from Italy. Wonderful. I'm from heaven, bro. That's good. Find out where you came from. I'm, I'm in all that stuff. I know some of y'all are cool with all that. I am too. I love my family history. But come on, man. I can't, where you come from? Heaven. Yeah, I'm serious. That's why I want you to think. Why? Because that's where you came from. See, this was the church. The church is so whacked out. They're trying to get you. Well, you know, you might have some generational messed up. You ain't in this generation no more. You ain't. Big time preachers preaching about it. I'm not picking on nobody. That's why I don't mention no names. You might be cursed generationally. I'm in Christ. Is he cursed? He put the curse on Jesus so he don't put it on me. Read Galatians chapter 3. He redeemed me from the curse of the law, being made a curse for me. Curses every day that hanging on a tree. He took the curse on him, so I don't have to put the curse on. Now, if you walk out of faith, you could deal with all this drama out here, and you could deal with the broke, the sick, the messed up. But if you stay in faith and say, I believe it, even when I don't see it, you could be a partaker of the blessing. Yeah. And that's a curse. They try to put this on you. Well, you know, your granddaddy had it, and grandpa, and grandpa, and they try to put this junk on you. Say, what's on, what's on? Hey, let me ask you a question. What's on God? Next time they go there, they say, what's on God? What's God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost God? Because what they got, I got, and that's who I came from. I'm telling you, it's the truth. You, all right, do you want to argue with me? Argue with this. For what the law could not do, I'm not saying you're arguing, but you know, y'all looking at me like, well, is this really true? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Read the Bible. You know what? I quit trying to give my own opinion about stuff a long time ago. If I don't see it in the Bible, I ain't going to talk about it. But I seen it in the Bible. Watch after we're done reading this. For what the law could not do in that is weak, through the flesh, God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Okay, that's good. So he put sin in the flesh. That's why he nailed his flesh to the cross and took sin on him. Keep going. Watch this. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Where's the righteousness of the law going to be fulfilled? In us. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. You see it? So what's he saying? Walk after the spirit. See, carnal-minded people can't figure this stuff out because they don't, they don't see it. They ain't got no confidence. Their confidence ain't around because they live in carnal. Now, you ain't carnal. Carnal means you're a meathead. <laughs> you ever go to a fancy restaurant? Carnally. <laughs> yeah, carnitas. Come on, man. <laughs> What's a carnita? Meat, baby. You're a meathead. That's what they say, right? Say you're a meathead. Amen. 
Where does he come up with this stuff? I don't know. Hang out with me long enough, you'll turn into me. That the righteous law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the... Oh, uh, who's walking after the spirit? You better be. Five. The things of God. For they that are after the flesh, think about the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. They mind the things of the spirit. So they should be spiritually minded. You be life in peace. For to be carnally minded is... Look at that. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We'll go slow. He's talking about the believer. You better believe he's talking about the believer. He said, there's therefore now no condemnation, and there what? Been free from the law and the spirit of life of Christ. But he said, if you wake up and you got a carnal mind, you would connect yourself to death. You know why? Because you're going to refuse everything you see in that book. You understand it? Death, okay, let me ask you a question. Unbelief, unbelief leads to unrighteousness. Unrighteousness leads to sin, and sin leads to death. Did you get it? Unbelief leads to unrighteousness. Everything that's not of faith is, un, is, is what? Unrighteousness. Unrighteousness leads to sin, and unsin is, and is death. That's what he's saying. See it? He said, carnal-minded people are what? Death. Spiritually-minded people got life and peace. Keep your mind grounded to the Word of God. You have life and peace. Keep going. Watch seven. Are you pulling this in? Because the carnal mind is an enemy against God. Now you got to renew your mind because your mind won't think right. You have to tell your mind what to think. Your thoughts are not your thoughts. You understand that? That's the problem with people. And let me tell you, I'm being serious. Like some people, you remember you deal with depression. And I, I'm not, guys, listen to me. If you deal with depression, this is serious stuff. This ain't no joke. I ain't joking around here. But they ain't your thoughts. You know what I'm saying? Just go through. Go, I, I like that one. I don't like that one. Get rid of it. You're, are you getting this? You, you ever have, like, you know on your phone you got them browsers? You ever, some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. But, like, sometimes if you got too many windows open in your phone, the kids showed me how to do this. Oh, your phone runs slow. You've got to move them. And I got all these open browsers, you know, on your phone, and you just, just, that's what your head is, like a Rolodex of pictures. You know what I'm saying? Oh, here's a broke one. Get rid of it. Here's a sick one. Get rid of it. Here's what you worried about that is Corona. I thought all these people were drinking beer. I didn't know what the heck the thing was at first. I said, what they call that thing? People, I said, what are these people, drunk? <laughs> I thought that I'd put a lime in it and just go hang out. I don't know what these people do. I don't drink. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not picking on nobody. I said, what's this, Corona? Yeah, that thing. Let's curse that thing, man. Rebuke it. And everybody's all nervous about it. I understand it. I'm not going to be stupid. You know what I mean? And I'd say it's not real. That Sunday morning I woke up, I heard about that thing. I rebuked it. It's a devil. You know what I'm saying? It? Just don't, don't, and don't get all freaked out. Wash your hands and do everything you're supposed to do. But come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Don't be all afraid. Pestilence. Bible says Jesus gave you power over pestilence, disease. It's just a sign of the times. This is a sign of the times. You didn't know that? Yeah, they're gonna be, this stuff's going to start happening like this. I'm not, I'm not professing it. It's going to happen. And when it happens, you've got to have a, a let, me tell you what about, let me tell you the cute thing about faith. You want to know the cute thing about faith? All this stuff sounds real cool. Until you really need it to work. Now these people are like, well, let's go to church and find out about faith, praise be to God, because I don't want to get none of that corona. <laughs> yeah, I'm being serious, right? So this is, don't get, get that corona thing out your head. Get it out your browser. Throw them away. Look at this. Because the carnal mind is an enemy against God, for it cannot be subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. That means it does not submit itself to God's word. Keep going. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Well, look at that. You see that? Now, I get what you're going to say. Why ain't I in the flesh right now? 
Yeah, you're in the body, but guess what? Your body doesn't need to have to be carnally minded. It can be spiritually minded, and your body's what? Ready to go. See what I'm saying? You're connected to God. Now, what's what you're thinking is determining where you're going. Look at verse 9. Watch we get on it. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. See it? You're in a body, but you're not a body. You're a spirit. I'm a spirit, have a soul, live in a body. But in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwells in you, you're in the spirit. How many of you in the spirit? You're in the spirit. You're not in the flesh. You have flesh, but you ain't in the flesh. Now, this sounds kind of tricky. No, it ain't tricky. You're a spirit being. You're going to leave. Your spirit stepped out of your body. Your body hit the ground, but your spirit still goes. Absence from the body is what? Present with the Lord. So your spirit, right? We just went to that funeral. We seen the body. Her spirit ain't in there. Her spirit's in heaven with Jesus. That body just sitting there. That body ain't done. If she come back, if her spirit went back on her body, that body wake up. That body ain't doing nothing. Now that body's got a voice though. Yeah, make sure you got to shut that thing off. Otherwise, it'll try to tell you something you're not. It has a reasoning ability. Remember, with your body, you you contact feelings, emotions, all that stuff. Your mind, you contact your intellect, reasonings, deductions. Suggestions, thoughts, ideas, they all come through your head. Your body is the central place. You feel. It's kind of like earthy, but it's kind of like touch sense. You know what I'm saying? So you got you to shut that off too. I don't feel. Who cares what you feel? I don't think. Who cares what I think? And I'm not being mean. You got to tell your mind what to think. Otherwise, that thing will go so squirrely to be in left field. And your body, forget about it. That thing will hot Krispy Kreme donuts all day long. That's all I think I want. Telling you, man, you ever go in there? I went in the other day. He wanted to go the other day. I went in there, man. My God, in heaven, that place, the devil's in there. Did you go there? Man, they got some kind of donuts in there. I was like, this place, the Antichrist. <laughs> now, Christian, it's a Christian, it's a Christian business. Go to Krispy Kreme, buy all the donuts you want. It really is a Christian business. It's a good thing. He's a good guy. They give away donuts all the time. But man, you go in there and you ain't paying attention. You eat half a dozen. Now, I eat a donut once in a while, but don't go in there and eat six. I think that joker ate like three the other day. I said, man, you can get away with that. I said, I, I, got, I went and smelled it. I got three pounds fat. I said, no, I ain't eating none of this stuff. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, and so that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he ain't of him. And we know that. Now, watch 10. You know what this is leading to. He talks about being led by the spirit. And if Christ be in you, the body's dead. See that? Is Christ in you? Then your body's dead. See that? But the spirit is life because of righteousness. So your spirit's alive, your body's dead. But I'm in a body. Yeah, no duh. But your body's not the ruler no more. See, your body used to be the ruler when you were lost. Tell you what to do, where you go, how long to stay, tell you what's up. Now you rule in the body. Know ye not that your body's a temple of the living God. You're telling your body. Now here's the problem with some Christians. Their body's still telling them what to do. They let their body tell them. Once you make decisions, your body will shut up. But you got to make decisions. You got to make it. Paul said, I beat my body. I said, I beat my body. Like it was like something separate from him. I put my body or beat my body in this objection. It was, like a, it was like a bag. You know what I mean? It was like, I beat my body. Like I thought your body was you. No, I am a spirit man and I tell my body what it's going to do. Not like I'm shadow boxing. Amplified said, it's not like I'm beating the air. I'm fighting a foe and I know how to physically tell him what's up. This is what I don't understand people in the church. They think it's going to come by osmosis or something. Oh, it's just going to happen. I'm going to sit in the atmosphere. Are you out of your mind? Are you crazy? 
You got to tell your mind what to think. You tell your body, shut up. You better manhandle that thing. It's going to say, I don't, I don't like this. Man, one time I was, uh, my, 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 something was hurting. I hopped on it until it went away. Yeah, I'm crazy like that. I said, shut up. I made it do it. Why wouldn't you? Well, I told you what I did that one time. Man, I was in Bible school. The devil kept talking to my head. I kept getting up and reading the word to him. You would have thought I was crazy. I heard Jerry, Dr. Seville say he stood on the edge of the shower. Wasn't it on the shower in the tub? He sat on the edge of the tub and confessed the word of God for like a while, right, at the devil? A couple, wasn't it a couple of hours? Kept falling asleep reading the word. Yeah, and he stood on there on the edge of the tub because you fall in. Brother Hagin said he prayed that one time an hour. Uh, that's what got me. That's what got me. That's what gave me the DNA to be like that. That's what gave me the DNA. He did because he said, I prayed for an hour. The devil told me, you think that's going to work? He said, you better shut your mouth or pray another hour. Prayed another hour. Prayed two hours. Did you think that worked? He said, I don't think it didn't work. I know it worked. He goes, I'm going to pray another hour. I put three hours on it. I said, prayed again. I think four hours or something like that. He said, man, he said, I said, you keep opening your mouth and I'll keep praying. And he shut up and left him alone. I was on the bed sitting there, and the devil said, what do you think this is going to work? I said, I got up. I quoted Mark 11, 23 and 24. I said, whosoever say in that mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shine out down his heart. Shall believe whatsoever he says, shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. I went back, read the book. He said, you think that worked? I said, I get up again. I said, you better pay attention to me. Whosoever shall say in that mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea. I'll do this all night long. See, you got you to gotta beat your body. You think my body wanted to get up? My body wanted to sit there. Fear will try to grip you. Stuff will try to come get you. You know what you got to do? You got to face that thing. It ain't going to get you. It can't do nothing to you. One time I was there and I said, you know, I gave the devil, you know, I don't, I don't suggest this for everybody, but I'm a little out there. You know, the devil, you get tired of the devil after a while. You know, I said, all right, do it. I'll give you a minute. <laughs> I did. I watched my, I got my watch. I said, go ahead. I'll give you a minute. You're talking all big talk. Go. I'll give you a minute. I'm ready for a fight though. Go ahead. Minute went by. I said, oh, I guess that didn't work. <laughs> See, he, he's a bully. But you don't put up with bullies. You sit in there, draw your line of sense, I ain't backing up no more. I ain't backing up. To live, to live, to live, to live. This life, you can't run. You got to stand your ground. Stand there and say, well, you know, ask in front of the body's present with the word, and I'm, I know where I'm going. I'm willing to roll it. Let's go. Sometimes you got to get there. Because your body will wear you out who you think you are. Look what it says here. And if Christ be in you, then the body is now dead because of sin. Do you know that? Why would you resurrect something that's dead? Don't feed it what it's not supposed to get. Otherwise, the thing will get hungry and start manhandling you. That's why I don't understand these Christians. Well, I can do it. Why? You know what? Goofy Christians don't make no sense. Instead of asking, you know what I love about it? Well, can we do this? Why are you even asking? They always want to get to the edge of the bank. Don't go near the edge of the bank. Stay on the other side. You know the edge of the creek bank? Like, can I do that? What you want to do what you can do? Stay away from sin. You know, Brother Norville told me that one time. He said, you better not sin. You might like it. I said, what would you say? I said, he said, you better not sin. You might like it. I said, boy, that's good wisdom. Don't, don't even try it. I tell the kids, don't go get in on this stuff. I tell them all, all these young kids, I tell them, you go home and tell your kids, don't you, don't you do no drugs. Don't drink no liquor, none of that craziness. Don't you do none of that mess. Well, you might like it. You understand that? It's God's honest truth. Don't do it. You might like it. Next thing you know, you get all messed up over something stupid. Why even try? You ain't missing nothing. That's what you should tell these young people. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Y'all tried it. Ain't going to do nothing for you. That's why I used to the point and tell them, like, why even try this nonsense? Don't even do it. 
Why open the door to something you might even not even know you can, maybe you can't beat it one day? Cut it out. I'm not giving you adults. You know, you, you think you know what you're doing, but some of you half smoking pot anyway. And if Christ be in you, I had to do come up here and say, Pastor Chris, I'm not smoking as much pot as I was. I said, praise be to God, bro. <laughs> he did. He came up. He always come up to me and said, I was just playing. I was like, y'all better stop smoking pot. This dude came up like I was reading his mail. I ain't going to tell you who it was, but he was a congregant. <laughs> he said, hey, I'm not smoking as much pot as I was, Pastor. I was like, praise God, bro. Then he come back and sent me another thing. He said, I'm not smoking pot at all. I had them all. One dude's come and said, I drink 21 beers. <laughs> he told me to drink 21 beers a weekend. He said, I got 21 down to 17. I said, praise God, man, we're making headway. He said, I got down 17, I got down to 12. I said, glory to God, man. He got it down to a six-pack. I said, bro, we're breaking records. Let's go, bro. He said, I, come back. He do it right now to this day. He goes to church here. I ain't going to tell you who he is. He said, I don't drink at all. Don't have to drink. Now, I'm not telling you what to do. Cut it out. Y'all going to try to write a letter. I'm not going to read. But you see what I'm saying? I don't want to give my I don't want to give my mind no spot. I don't want to give my body no spot. I don't want to give my flesh. I don't want my flesh. You know what? I, I'm a little ornery. I don't want my flesh to think it's got nothing on me. You ain't got nothing on me. I don't have to do nothing. They say, well, you know, it's okay. I said, then drink iced tea and be quiet and shut it. <laughs> Why, what's talking to you to tell you you got to do this? You better wake up. I'm preaching way better than you amen to me. I'm not talking, are you preaching conviction on people? No, what I'm preaching is sanity on people. What is telling you you need this stuff and trying to control your actions? If it ain't God, then why are you doing it? Because the flesh is saying, this is what I want. Tell your flesh, shut up like that Krispy Kreme sign. Yeah, I'm telling you. Look, I'm not preaching no condemnation on you, but if you battle in somewhere, shut it off. Just shut it off. Now, I ain't get this. going to make it this. You going to heaven? No. But I don't want to just go to heaven. I want to rule and reign in the earth. Yeah, man. When you tell the devil, I want the devil to shake. When the devil talks, he wants you to shake. When I talk to him, I want him to shake. You know what I'm saying? He's like, I'm here. And you're like, oh. I'm like, y'all, I'm here. And I want him going, oh, Jesus is here. You're darn right he's here. Yeah, he is. And he might be back. Ready to whoop you again. Come on. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. See it? Now watch 11. You're going to see this now. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Is in you. Woohoo! No, quicken means he made you alive. Now you ain't alive no more because of natural blood pump. You're alive because you're spiritually alive. And your spirit's alive in Christ. Watch it. He keeps going. You know where it goes in 14. talks about being led by the Spirit. Keep going. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. But what? Keep going. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But, see that? But if through the Spirit you do mortify the deeds of the body. Oh, there you go. Mortification. Let's have a series on mortification. Nobody will show up that month. <laughs> mortify the deeds. Remember, we used to talk like this back in the day. What do you mean mortify? You know what mortify means? Kill, deaden, destroy. How many want to come have the Mortify Your Body series? Bro, you couldn't sell it out on a tape table for all the days of your life. Man, I had this tape table. I had this series on humility. I couldn't sell that thing for three bucks. I swear to you, man, I was with Bob. I said, Bob, if we change the name of this series to the seven keys to miraculous breakthrough, I couldn't keep it on the table. I didn't do it. But you imagine I got Mortification, an eight-part series on how to basically destroy your flesh. 
Pastor Chris Arno is teaching his brand new series on mortification. Can you see me picking up the book? You got a book? Let me see that whole book. I said, yeah, that's a good book, too. I wrote that. Did you read it? It's really good. I got hair. Whoa. I'm a little bigger right there, ain't I? If you go on YouTube and watch the early YouTube, it's scary, bro. Hi, which why I got to say, yeah, you know. You watched it? <laughs> All the guys with hair got jokes. Amen? Praise the Lord. Nah. And I'm like, can you imagine my brand new book, Mortification? Dude, I'll, I'll keep this book forever. This is my hope. But if I had the Mortification book, see, we don't want to talk like that. He said, if the spirit you mortify the deer, you shall live. You see that? That's what I was just telling you. I set you up. I do it all the time. He said, what? Your spirit must mortify your body. Why? Otherwise, your body will try to rise up back to ascension because it used to be the boss. See it? It doesn't. I'm going to tell you why. You want to know why? Your body has a memory. Yeah, it does. Just like you do. You ever hear this thing called muscle memory? You know what I mean? Action memory. That's why if you repetitively do something long enough, you'll do it by what? Your memory just, that's exactly what, it's programmed. So if you don't teach it a new program, it'll go back to the old program. Let me explain something to you. This is what Christians got to learn. This is so good. If you do not take the time to mortify and renew, your body by default will go back to its original design. By default, do you understand what that means? It'll just go right back to responding like a user. That's why you got carnal Christians all over the place. They saved and got the holiness of God, righteousness of God, blessing of God. They don't even look like they're three days saved. You want to know why? They didn't rot. They didn't mortify and renew. They went right back to by default, boom, their old life. And there they are sitting here trapped in their own mess because they don't know how to get out because they didn't get no good teaching. That's why you got to get around here. That's why I say, oh, I, I went to the church around the block. Are you out of your mind? If I'm not aggravating you, you're probably in the wrong place. You know, I don't understand church. Are you comfortable? You know what I'm saying? Church, remember we try to make you comfortable? You want to know what got me? You want to know what got me? This is going to sound, I don't even know if I should tell you this. Why in the world would people knee deep in sin be comfortable in the presence of God? If the presence of God is there. Now look, I ain't going to ride you through condemnation in my mouth. But the atmosphere should do something to you. Like, I feel God or something in that place. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got confidence. We got God radar. You know, God R. <laughs> you know, we got radar up in here. Man, we got, no, seriously, you shouldn't be comfortable in it. It should make you challenge you to change. If you come in here, you should be challenged to change. That's why people don't want to come around. They're like, I don't want to stay there because you, you I, don't, I, don't, I don't like them. I don't like them. You don't know why you, yeah, because I'm aggravating you, changing you. You know what I mean? I'm anointed to aggravate you, Jerry. Praise be to God. Jerry came with the building, but I got news for him. When we go, you come with me. Yeah, Jerry came with the building. Jerry been here with the building, man. You did. You're like the bonus. Amen. I'm taking you with me. Praise be to God. Because I like Jerry. You shall live if you mortify the deeds of your body. How, who's signing up for mortification? There's a mortification seminar. Ain't nobody going to come show this. They, they don't want to hear this. Mortified body means you got to kill and dead in your body. That ain't no fun. Look at this. 14. But if you're led by the Spirit, look what he says. Look what he says. Look, we got to go. Come on. You can play something. For as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. So you got to be led by the Spirit. What it says? Keep going. 15, 16 makes way sense. 
Right? This is what he was telling, talking about and how to be led by the Spirit of God. Look, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption by why we cry out of fire. For if, God says, for the Spirit himself, he ain't an it, he's a person, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. See that? Watch, it gets better. Watch 17. Watch 17. Watch 17. And if you're children and heirs, woohoo! You're an heir. An heir of God and join heir with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. See that? That means you might have to mortify and dead him, but I got news for you. You're going to rise up in righteousness and be redeemed. Amen? You're going to have power and strength. Look at this scripture right here. I'm going to give you one more scripture. I'm going to leave you alone. Okay? This is important. Did you, did you like that? So I understand that, right? Watch this. When the Supreme Court of the universe declared that what God had wrought in Christ was sufficient, that his sufferings were adequate and met every demand of justice, he declared that Jesus was justified or made righteous. In 1 Timothy 3.16, he says this, he was justified in the spirit. In 1 Peter 3.18, just write these down, we read that he was made alive in the spirit. He was born out of death so that he is called again and again the firstborn among the dead. God laid our sin upon Jesus. He was made to be sin and made to suffer in our place. When he met the demands that death when he met the demands of justice, death could not hold him any longer. He was declared righteous. Amen? I don't have news for you. Ready? Let me just give you these two phases of righteousness and we'll go. First, God declares us righteous. And second, he made you a new creature. Now, I want you to see this. You were declared righteous, then he made you a new creature. You were declared righteous, and then he made you a new creature. Your new creature status has nothing to do with sin. You see that? Everybody say this out loud. Declared righteous, then he made you a new creature. So that new creature has nothing to do with sin. See it? You got declared righteous, and then what? He made you a new creature. Watch this. Two phrases. First, God declared us righteous, and second, we were made new creations. We become partakers of the divine nature so that we might be righteous by nature and righteous by faith. You write that down. You were righteous by nature and righteous by faith. You understand that? You ain't got nothing to do with sin. Now, here's the thing. Don't go there in any arena of your life because you don't want to ruin the confidence. Stay away from it. So now watch it. Do you miss the mark? Yes. You want to know when you miss the mark? When you walk out of faith. And when you walk out of faith, you know it. And the Bible says your own heart tells you now. now let me explain something to you. I'm going to say this. You, ain't, you might not like this. It ain't a sin problem. It's a faith problem. <laughs> you better write that down. It ain't a sin problem. It's a faith problem. Because faith got you in this thing. And faith keeps you in it. And if you step out of faith, you step out of love. So you got to stay in faith. Stay in beliefs. Is that okay? It ain't a sin problem. You got a faith problem. And every time you walk out of what you know to do in the light, and the entrance of the word bringeth what? Light. Come on. Light. Light produces illumination. Illumination produces revelation. Revelation shows me which way to go. So when the light shows up and I choose to walk in darkness, he said, you got a problem. He said, if you say you don't understand, you've messed up. It's all about walking out of faith. That's all it is. Let me tell you something right here now. Listen to the vernacular I use. Sin is done. It's done. You understand me? For the New Testament believer, sin is done. It's all about faith. Why do you think he tells you in Hebrews eleven six the only thing that pleases him is faith? 
Because every time you're in faith, you please God. Remember what he said there? He that's in the flesh does not please God. Did you remember we just read that? Do you remember we read that in Romans? He said, he that's in the flesh cannot please God. Why is that? Because flesh ain't got nothing to do with faith. See it? So just stay in faith. Don't come out of faith because every time you come out of faith, you come in unrighteousness. Every time you step in unrighteousness, you step in unbelief. Every time you step in unbelief, you step in sin. Every time you step in sin, you step in the death. Stay away from it. He can't move where there's no faith. Stay in faith. Don't come out of faith. That's the key. We'll talk more about it. You pull it in? You understand it though? You see how easy it is? It's a faith thing. How are you made righteous? By faith. How did, how did Abraham... How did Abraham even get Jesus to get on the scene? Through the seed, by faith. How did Abraham get Isaac to show up? By faith. And if you're Abraham's seed, then you're heir of the world. By faith. Everything, how did man get back into righteousness with God? By faith. By the faith of Abraham. He called him the father of faith. Abraham believed God and was credited to him as righteousness. And Jesus came in through the lineage of Abraham and the earth. Guess what? That same faith that got this thing going is going to be the same faith that keeps you. And one day, and our faith, even our faith, is the what? The key to victory over the earth. And that's it. Then when you're done, you step over into glory. You need faith in the earth. I got news for you. He did it with works. Man, you better get that. He did it with works so you could receive it by faith. So what in the world? Just believe it. Let me tell you, you don't bring your credentials before God and go, oh, look at this. He ain't looking at that mess. You show up with faith and go, oh, I'm a faith person, praise be to God. You get hammered for being a word of faith person. Right? That's what I try to tell you. Brother Hagin said, he said, they're going to come away from this message. Why? It's the message of the gospel. This is the gospel which we preach. The word of faith, which we preach. This ain't no movement. It's a gospel movement. They some denomination. Are you word of faith? Yeah, I'm the Bible believer. Yeah, if you're a Bible believer, you're word of faith. You understand that? And they try, well, you know, that word of faith, that's old school. Shut off, old school. It's the Bible. It's not old school. Ain't no old school about being a Bible believer, Bible toter. Are you a confess it and blab it and grab it and confess it? Yeah, I am. Don't get me. I used to say blab it. We blab it. This is what calls blab it and grab it. You know, and these bust chops, you know. Oh, you want to blab it and grab it. I said, I blab it and grab it. Don't get mad at me because you don't have it. I'm going to get it. I'll learn. Call those things that be not as though they were. That ain't, that ain't some guy's movement. That's the Bible. That's Romans chapter 4. And God who quickened the dead and called those things that be not as they were. That's how Abraham received from God the promise, even though now the deadness of Sarah's womb and the deadness of his impotence where he could not create. He did not stagger not at the promise of God through unbelief, but gave glory to God being strong in faith and considered him what? Fully persuaded that he could produce for everything he promised. Are you kidding me? Are you one of those saying to the mountain, be that removed, be that, you better believe it. Why? Because he said, have the God kind of faith. Peter woke up one day and freaked out and said, the fig tree that thou hast cursed is with the way and die. Jesus said this, he said, what's wrong with you? You should have this kind of faith too. You should say into the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. Don't you doubt in your heart because what you say will come to pass just like what I said came to pass. And Peter, what? He understood something about it he never seen before. He was teaching him. You don't go to a fig tree looking for figs in a season that figs aren't produced. It wasn't about looking for fruit. It was looking for faith. That don't make no sense. Why would Jesus take him someplace looking for figs? Figs don't grow in that time of year. They got a fig tree on the side of the house, so I planted it. When I left to go to Bible school, it was a stick. I didn't even know what I was doing. The neighbor had it. I said, the figs sound good. I planted it, right? They were there. I planted it, came back. He's like, 
the things that takes up the whole side of the house. But it comes in season, like twice a year sometimes. But I guess what? When it ain't in season, you ain't gonna find no figs on it. I think it's barren. Jesus went to a barren tree. They looking, well, they weren't looking. He was looking for faith in Peter. He wanted to see if he was developed, undeveloped faith. Can't produce no fruit. But Peter, well, I'm gonna teach you something in this process. You're gonna learn something, kid. What are you gonna learn? You're gonna learn that the only way to develop it is you gotta speak it. And you gotta believe what you speak. And you can change your world. Amen. Come on, stand up on your feet. You did great tonight. It was powerful. You got it. Trust me, I'm telling you, you got it. And if you didn't dig, you got it, you're going to get it. Amen. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands to heaven. Tell, tell Jesus, say, Jesus, thank you for giving me faith and helping me walk in righteousness. The Bible said, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Thank you, Lord, for change and transformation taking place in my life and help me walk in righteousness. Thank you, Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I believe it and I receive it and I walk in the power of it right now. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. And everybody said, amen, amen, and amen. Well, praise the Lord. God bless you guys. You're doing great. Don't forget. Hey, now listen, man. Don't forget. Next week's going to be big, okay? And I know we're going to be in here. We're going to be doing this Holy Spirit seminar too. So don't forget, mark your calendars. I know they talked about it. And you know what I mean? Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.